Hello and God bless you today from Carlsbad, New Mexico. You are listening to a broadcast of New Song Christian Fellowship. We hope you enjoy the message today, and we'd love to hear from you. If anything in this message has touched you, you have a prayer request, or just want to reach out, you can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash New Song Carlsbad NM. You can also mail us at Post Office Box 761, Carlsbad, New Mexico, zip code 88221. Please enjoy this message and have a very blessed day. Kids are dismissed. And I team appreciate all of you and uh, I'd like you to turn in your Bible to Romans chapter 8 okay Romans chapter 8. You know, one of the things I've discovered as a pastor and a counselor for that all of you have a hard time with is accepting the truth of what God has told you. The truth about what God's told you about yourself the truth about what God has revealed to you about your relationship with Him, the truth about how God is capable of erasing for all eternity every sin that you've committed in His sight. He removes it from Himself as far as the east is from the west And the Bible says he buries it in the sea of forgetfulness, never to remember it again. So why should you? In fact, if you're honest, some of you, your worst enemy is you. You got low self-esteem. You're condemning yourself all the time. You don't think you're worthy to do what God has called you to do. What you got to realize is God has made you worthy. The Bible says Jesus, He who knew no sin became sin for you. When Jesus was on that cross, He didn't just die for those people that lived before Him. He died for you. You weren't even born yet, and He died for you. He had you in His heart. Whenever God created the universe, the earth, and the first people, he knew Adam and Eve were going to fail. One guy said, well, why did he bother then? Why didn't he just wipe them out and start over? Or just better yet, just wipe them out and forget it. Because God loved you before the foundation of the world. That means before anything was ever created, he loved you. He had a plan for your life. And listen to me. You'll never be happy until you find out what that plan is and get in the middle of it. And for those of you that are running from God, I think it's time that you stopped and let Him catch you. Amen? You know what I'm talking about. Some of you are runners. Some of you are runners. Look at verse 1, chapter 8 of Romans. 
There is therefore quite a bit of condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Oh, I think I misread that. There is therefore now a little bit of condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. No, I missed, I missed it again. There is therefore now no, none, zero, zilcho condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now I want you to get your mind on two things. There is a fleshly world, you're living in it. And there's a spiritual world. You haven't gotten there yet. You've, you've been able to t- taste it. Pieces of it. Have you ever, in your Christian walk, have you ever just been thinking about God or a certain scripture you read or you were in a church service and for no apparent reason you just start bawling, start crying. Anybody have that experience? That's the spirit world there. God reaching out, touching you the way that only He can touch you. Gentle. With love. Stroking the pain where it hurts and vanishing that pain away if you'll let Him. And then He urges you to do some things that you don't like. He does more than urge you. He commands you. He commands you to forgive because you got to understand why he does that. What you don't realize is when you fail to forgive, that's part of what's causing you all this anxiety and hurt and wounds. It's because you won't forgive. Oh, you want the other person to forgive you. What's the Bible say? It says, if my brother offends me, in other words, it's his fault. I have to go to him. See, you, you're not get, you don't get off the hook. If my brother offends me, I have to go to him. And you don't go with, well, <clears throat> brother, I came over today to give you a chance just to get on your face and on your belly and beg me to forgive you. I probably won't, but go ahead, get down there. If you, if you try to get a relationship fixed like that, it will never work. You go to your brother, he's offended you, you should go with all the humility that you can muster in your life and say, brother or sister, I know there's something wrong between us and it's probably my fault. Oh yeah, take the blame. But I didn't do anything. Take it anyway. That's the wisdom of Almighty God. Jesus didn't do anything either, but He took the blame. He took your sins and claimed them as his own, as if he was the one who committed them. It wasn't his fault, but he did it anyway. Why? Because he knew without the sacrifice of blood that you needed to live in eternity, you were going to live in hell in eternity, in the lake of fire, and you weren't going to like that very much. Aren't you glad for Jesus? I mean, aren't you glad for Jesus? I've, re- I've been reading a lot of books on near-death experiences people have. And a lot of them are almost identical. They, they die. Their spirit leaves their body. They, if they're in a hospital, like in a, a, a room where a sur- there's surgery going on in their body, Sometimes their spirit will float up to the ceiling and they'll look down and they can see their body. They can see the surgeon operating on them. And then suddenly they, they leave that room and they find themselves in a dark tunnel. But they can see a light way down there. They see a light and suddenly they feel a, a power begin to move them down that tunnel. And the further they go, the lighter it gets. And then when they break out into that, that bright light, there's Jesus. And it's at the gates of heaven that, that they step out into. There's some of their lost one, loved ones that died before them. Some of them can't believe that God would let them go there because they're still struggling with guilt. I'm gonna, I'll tell you one, and you need to hear me close. Ladies, if you've had an abortion, There's forgiveness. 
Did you hear me? I'm going to tell you the truth. The enemy, Satan himself, set up abortion to destroy your life. It wasn't just the life of your child. It was to destroy your life. I've never met a, I've ministered, I don't know how many ladies who've had abortions, and I've never met one yet that wasn't just overwhelmed with condemnation. What will I ever say to that child? If I see him again, what will I say? Well, I think that child, I don't know how old he or she will be when you see him, but I think they'll be running down a garden path when they see you and dive right into your arms. Do you feel the forgiveness in that? Only God, only God forgives like that. And then he wipes away your pain and he gives you another chance. You say, well, what, what do I do now? Well, you can go uh, to someone who's considering having an abortion and say, hey, wait, wait, before you do that, can we talk? Let me talk to you. You might save some lives. See, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. All things even those kinds of things. This chapter is so filled with power. You ought to read it every day for the next year until you get it down deep in your heart. Verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Who gave us all law to begin with? Well, God did, so... Why is he now saying that you need to be set free from it? Because the law will never save you. Because there's a catch in the law. From the time you start in the law, you've got to finish in the law. And if you ever break it one time, you're through. Remember plan A and plan B of heaven? From plan A, from the time... I'm born until I die. If I never sin one time, if I never break the law, I can go to heaven. How many of you are going under that plan? Plan B, if I repent to Jesus and accept the sacrifice He made on the cross of His blood and I accept Him as my Savior, His blood applies to me and I can go to heaven. How many of you are going under that, that one? That's the good one. Think, I want you to think about something for a minute. How, how do you suppose the father felt when he looked down from heaven and he saw his only son? I've only got one son. He saw his only son hanging on the cross. If you saw the, the, uh, the movie, what's the name of it? Thanks, Passion of the Christ. Just as Jesus dies on the cross, the camera pans way up into the sky and you're looking right down on the cross and suddenly uh, the picture gets fuzzy and something is released. It's a drop of water. A lot of people didn't realize when they saw that that was actually a tear out of the eye of God. That's exactly what that was. Watching, watching his son die for you, for your sins, and a tear from the eye of God fell and it fell and it fell and as it did the scene began to brighten and brighten you could see the soldiers and you could see Mary and you could see John and you could see and it splashed right beside the cross tear out of the eye of God for you he did it for you I don't know if I'm going to make it but I told God one day I'd I'm going to serve you all my life. I even told him one day, I, I guess I can just die in the pulpit. But I, I know one thing, I love him for what he's done for me. I never wanted kids. Didn't want them. My wife did. And so we married nine years and no kids. I came home one day and she was in the bathroom and 
taking a bath, and I went in there, and she said, I think I'm pregnant. You remember that? I, well, how, how would you think that, dear? What what, what give you that idea? Oh, she was pregnant all right. I was flipping out. People were coming saying, well, John, it's different if it's your child. It's different. How many of you know that? The months went by, and we went to Lamaze. How many of you went to Lamaze? Breathe. (laughs) Push. Don't push. Oh, yeah, we went through all of that. Finally, the day came, her water broke. We we headed for the hospital. I'm going to get to try out my Lamaze methods. All right. I'm ready. So they take her back there, and she's back there for hours. I'm getting a little concerned. You know, I didn't really want a kid. I was concerned. Went in the elevator to go down to get something to drink and in the hospital uh, place down there. And my, my wife's doctor was in the elevator. I said, what are you doing in the elevator? You should be down there with my wife. He said, I got, I got to tell you something. There's no physical way that your wife can have this child. It's not physically possible. It's one of the biggest babies I've ever seen. She's not real big, is she? Well, I flipped out. Well, 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 what are you going to do? Oh, don't worry about it. We'll do a C-section. Everything will be just fine. Well, I don't know what a C-section is, but do it. Hurry up. So They went back there, and I went in the waiting room, and and uh, waited, and some more time went by, and suddenly the double doors of the surgical suite banged open, and here's these two nurses with a tr- a cart, a four-wheel cart, and a, a smoke-colored, I'll never forget it, plastic tray with a thing laying down in it. No blankets, just a thing. It's wiggly. <laughs> Mr. Burke, it's your baby. It's a boy. And I went over there and I looked down in that. And I counted his fingers and toes and the nurse slapped me upside the head. Oh, he's perfect and your wife's doing great too. So they said, we got to go clean him up. I mean, he still was a mess. And so I went in the bathroom in the waiting room and turned on the water, flushed the toilet continually. Because the bathroom was right next to where people sat out there in the waiting room, and I was about to cry, and I didn't want them to hear me because I'm macho, you know. And so, in the midst of all that bawling, the Lord spoke to me. He said, "He listen, he said, John, I will bless thee, my son. He was talking about that. See, I, I had been in the ministry nine years, but I'd been asking God, why don't you give me a blessing? I need to be blessed. You know, a new Corvette would be nice. Uh, you know, uh, did you kill it? She just swatted my Kleenex and killed it. Oh, there was a fly on it. So, now you know what I go through. So, when it's your baby, And I looked into that tray, and I, I looked down into the eyes of that baby. A mystical, mysterious thing happened. I saw me. Right, Scott? He saw Donnie. And he saw himself. I saw my son, and I saw me. You think God knows how to bless you? In the midst of your rebellion, He reaches down and He blesses you. Verse 3. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh 
and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now I ask you a question this morning. How are you going to get out of the flesh and get into the Spirit? He gives you chances, opportunities every day. You're in Walmart. You're grumpy because you had a bad night last night. And you got, you got a woman over there that's counting your groceries and she can't count change and you're getting mad and, and God says, say something nice to her. I'll say something nice to her, all right. I'll... I think I'm on the third time now of walking out of Walmart with my, with my groceries and God's saying, John, stop. Yes, sir? Go back in there and apologize to that girl. Why? She's crying, that's why. Why is she crying? Because you ripped her real bad. You ever been behind somebody that's not going anywhere and they've got all day to get there in their car? They, they're too short to look over the steering wheel so they look under it. They're going about 10 miles an hour. They're not, they're not going nowhere. See, Satan sets these little traps for you. And God uses them as a, a little bit of a, yes, a learning experience. He's going to say a test, but a, a learning experience. So you can find out about how you really are. You thought you were just so special. But you weren't as special as you thought. I came out of Walmart, I think the third time, I said, I'm getting tired of having to do this to go back in there and apologize to people. And there was a long silence. And I thought I heard a, duh. Well, quit doing it then. Right? Because if you don't answer the call of the Lord, then Satan will come. And he'll really tear you up with a lot of guilt and condemnation. That's why this chapter is in the Bible. You know, it wasn't just now in today's world where people fight this. They were fighting it all the way as far as there's been people. Adam and Eve fought it. Verse 4. Well, let's do, let's do verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. God's always saying to you, why don't you do it my way? You know, the disciples... They were always trying to walk in the flesh. Well, Jesus, though, this guy's in our way. Should we beat him up or something? Or should we, you know, no, love him. He found one day standing in the street and heard a crowd screaming, coming down that old dirt street. They got a woman in tow with a sheet around her. She's naked, got a sheet around her, or a blanket. They're kicking her, they're kicking her. They throw her at the feet of Jesus. Well, now, Jesus, we caught this woman in the very act of adultery, and you know what the law says. We have the right to stone her to death. What do you say? Ah, we got you now, Jesus. We got you now. He said, yeah, that, that's what the law says. Whichever one of you is without sin can throw the first stone. You know, we did, that, uh, we did that scene in a musical called The Covenant out in, uh, in Los Angeles. Pat Boone was in the audience. And the stage floors are always made out of wood. And the, all these disciples uh, on, in that scene, they had rocks about this big. And they started dropping them on that wooden stage one by one. Boom, boom, boom. And then they walked off the stage. 
And here this woman is left alone with Jesus. Woman, where are your accusers? I don't know. I don't see them. Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Now he dealt with it. Go and sin no more. Don't get yourself in another situation of adultery. You go and you sin no more. But as of today, you're clean. People, by the way, back then, there weren't a whole lot of jobs, kind of like now. And so people that were handicapped would uh, have people bring them to the gate of the temple and they'd beg for money. A lot of women prostituted themselves so they could feed their children. That's just the way uh, part of life was back then. Boy, did they need a lot of forgiveness, and boy, do we need a lot of forgiveness. Believe it or not, one of the greatest examples in modern uh, times of somebody that I believe followed the commandments of Jesus was Martin Luther King, believe it or not. He was always telling his people who wanted to protest and burn down buildings and loot, just like they're doing now, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We're going to love. We're going to love. That's the reason he has his own special day in January every year that we celebrate his, him. How many of those protesters are we going to remember? How many of them are going to go down in history as, as doing something great? None of them. Just remember that. Verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity, that means it's an enemy of God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if, everybody say if, if so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. When you kneel down, wherever it was, at church, in your bedroom, wherever you gave your heart to Jesus, Another mysterious miracle took place. The Spirit of the living God, the third part of the Trinity, God Himself, came and indwelt your body, found your spirit, and did this with you. He's in there right now. You are His house. That is what makes it possible for you to live in the Spirit. But you still have a free will, and you can still resist, and you can still say, God, I'm not going to do it. You can. And I always tell people, whenever you get into that little mood you get in, just think about the cross. Just stop and think about the cross. Your God loves you. And He's a good God. Verse 10, if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit it is life because of righteousness. Not your righteousness, his. But you know what? He shared it with you. He shared it with you. Now when the Father looks down at you, I've told you this over the last couple of weeks, he looks through the blood of his own son when he sees you, and he sees you as being righteous and perfect. That's a mystery. It's a wonderful mystery. 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh, no. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify, that means put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. 
For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. You know, one of the first times I heard that word, Abba, and it means Daddy. I was at the Western Wall, which is, I guess, the most... It's the Jews' most religious site. It's what's left of Herod's wall, retaining wall that held uh, all of that dirt up back there that they built the temple on, the retaining wall. It's called the Wailing Wall or the Western Wall. And it's separated into men on this side, women on that side. Anyway, I went down on the men's side, and uh, I noticed all the Jews were wearing hats. I, I had a kifa on, which is a, a skull cap. And uh, I went down to the wall, and I touched it. And this guy next to me kept, Abba, and he was crying. He was wailing, Abba, Daddy, Abba. In the rocks of that wall, there are crevices, and they're filled with pieces of paper. People have written their prayer requests down on a piece of paper. When they get to the wall, they jam it into the wall. President Trump did that when he visited the wall. Put a piece of paper in the wall. It is a holy, holy place. Listen to me. The reason the Jews are having such a hard time with their Messiah is because they can't get out of the flesh. They, they can't understand the spiritual realm, that, that God is a spiritual God. He can do anything. There's nothing God can't do. They struggle with that. They struggle with a, a Messiah who would die. They struggle with that. But if they'd stop and pray about it and think about it, they'd realize that somebody had to die. It had Nothing's changed since the Old Testament days. Somebody has to die. Without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sin. Somebody's got to die. It's either going to be you or it's going to be the Messiah. Now they thought the Messiah, which means Savior, was going to come and how he was going to save them was he was going to get an army together and kill all the Romans that had taken over their country and throw them out. No. Jesus said, I came to die. I don't, I don't get that. I, it doesn't compute. I don't, I don't understand it. Because he loved you. Now this next part, look at verse 16. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now watch 17. And if the children, then heirs, H-E-I-R-S, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. Joint heirs. Did you, did you get that? An heir is the person who gets all the stuff that dad and mom left when they died. In the old days, it used to be the son, firstborn son, got most of it. Now you spread it more evenly. You have an executor of the estate. Uh, you have to hire a lawyer sometimes because there's no will. Make sure you have a will, please. And this says that because Christ is in you, you've been made an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus. Think, think about that. Not only did he save you, whatever God had that he gave his son as his heir, you get half. I wonder what that could possibly mean. You know, now that we understand that that New Jerusalem, the city that they're building, there's places in it where the walls are made out of diamonds and the, the floors are made out of gold, listen, that is so pure, it's translucent. You know, gold has uh, some yuck in it that turns it gold. Actually, pure, the purest form of gold is clear. 
it's like ice. You can see through it. Who do you think made the gold and the diamonds and all that stuff? You'll have plenty of that in heaven. We're going to get you a big rock in heaven right here. You'll have to have a wheelbarrow to carry it around. Oh, there's no marriage in heaven, I forgot. We'll talk about that another time. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. You know, in the, in the early 70s, another cult group, group sprang up in America called the Manifest Sons of God. How many of you remember that? I'm the only one, probably. They were all over the United States, and boy, were they messed up. They were following uh, one guy, which is always the worst mistake you, you can make. Listen, if I'm in here and I, and I deviate from the Word, you get your family and you get out of here quick. And don't even look back. This guy shows up and starts telling them stuff that's so ridiculous. And you know what? They're buying it. Pretty soon he's sleeping with their wives. It doesn't exist anymore. I think the people finally caught on. But this is the scripture that they use. The manifestation of the sons of God. Now that's, that's not talking about some church group here on this planet. It's talking about a manifestation where God takes your fleshly body and glorifies it, takes your spirit and joins it back together and makes you a son of God or a daughter of God. And you can fly. The first time I saw in the scripture and was given assurance by God that, yeah, you can fly. I was so thankful. I always wanted to fly without a plane. I've flown with Scott before. He's a good pilot. Polanka. Oh, dear. Okay, I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to ask you to come up for prayer if you need it. You can turn the lights out for me. If you need prayer, just come up and stand on this line where the two carpets meet. Liz, can you come and help me? I need a couple of men to come and stand behind these people. If you could. Yeah, three or four would be good. You need a word from God, get up here. You need a healing. You need a financial miracle, whatever it is. What are you looking for, dear? Only for me, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Scott, you can come down here because I'm going to, we're going to pray for you. You look like you're in pain. Scott's got spurs on his lower spine. Have they said when they might operate? Have they talked about surgery yet? Okay. Could you all reach your hands out this way? Most of you in here don't have any idea what this man does for this church. Uh, I'm not, not going to embarrass him. Uh, he actually owns this building sitting in and he lets us use it for free he's a man of God and he's a giver father I am just praying for Scott Gregory right now I'm asking you Lord to touch him I'm asking you, Lord to heal his spine even before he even gets to love may he feel the electricity of the Holy Spirit moving through his back right now as I touch him Father, may the pain leave right now. I command it to leave in Jesus' name. Give his doctors wisdom. But Father, you're the healer, and we speak healing over him. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you for hearing us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, okay.
Scott, you have to be healed because God's promised to use you in ministry even more than in the, re the rest of your life. So you're going to be healed. And, and we just speak it and believe it. There's power in numbers. One can put 1,000 to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. We command it into your body in Jesus' name. Father, I just pray for this sister, Phyllis, Lord, just touch her body, healing, she needs healing in her body, thank you, Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, thank you, Jesus, for your love and your concern, thank you, Lord, for hearing our cry, thank you, Jesus, Phyllis, the Lord wants you to receive his forgiveness for your entire life wiped clean like a clean eraser on a chalkboard everything's wiped clean all of it's clean it's gone say I receive it right now in Jesus name Amen. Margie God's going to bless you Donald how can I pray for you Jesus. Father I speak life and healing to Margie Thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for her life. You're not done with her. Thank you, Lord. You've got a mate for her somewhere, too. I don't know who it is, but he'll be a man of God. And, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. Don't settle for anything less. Don't be unequally yoked. Find the one that you need, and that's the one God's going to give you. Thank you, Jesus. Judy, I pray for you that God will give you favor with this judge because we all know what's best for those grandchildren. And I assume you know the responsibility that you're taking on. Father, we just thank you for hearing the cry of her heart. And Lord, that one grandchild, the, the girl that's having all the problems, I speak life and healing to her. And I rebuke the spirit of suicide and I cast it out. Judy, take a deep breath and blow it out. In Jesus' name. Out in Jesus' name. Death is defeated. Life is coming. Thank you, Lord. How can I pray for you? tell you what he wants you to do. He wants you to support your husband. That means if your husband's doing something you should be happy and excited. He's the head of your house. And you do that and God will bless you and give you the desires of your heart. You believe it? In Jesus' name. And Lord, I command healing into these legs and feet in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that you are the great healer. Thank you, Lord, that you're raising this couple up because they're going to be a blessing to a lot of people that are hurting. Thank you, Jesus. Father, everybody raise your hands this way. This lady's in congestive heart failure, and uh, we speak life to you. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name, I command that heart to be healed. Thank you, Lord. Father, we lift up uh, Brenda. We speak life and healing to her body. And we see the loss of this client and how important that is. And Lord, I ask you to raise up another 
Lord, they need wisdom. She needs wisdom and direction on this dream. And uh, her and her husband need wisdom and direction for their future, for their life. And we ask you to do that now, Lord. Just fill them. He who, who lacks wisdom can ask of you. You give it liberally, the Bible says, liberally. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Father, I just pray for Julie. I just ask you, Lord, that you'll touch her right now. And she needs direction and healing. And we just speak healing right now and direction. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Touch her, mighty God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Now we're gonna do we're gonna do one other thing, real kind of crazy. But I want you to look around the room with everybody that's in here. And while you're looking, I want you to pray and say, Lord, is there somebody you want me to go pray for? Look around the room. He'll show you. He'll show you. Just get up and go. God's showing you who to pray for. Get up and go. We'll wait for you. Oh. We're struggling with, does God really want to use me? Come on. Find somebody and pray for them. Come on, come on, come on. Mighty God, you are God, mighty God. Your name's above all names, your power's above all powers, and your glory. Your glory fills this place. Your name's above all names. Your power's above all powers. And your glory, your glory fills this place. Lord, you are more precious than silver. Lord, you are more costly than gold. Lord, you are more beautiful than diamonds. And nothing I desire compares with you. And nothing I desire compares with you.
I love all of you. You're the best church there is. I'm a fortunate man. I'm going to release you now. I'd like you to go and hug three people. Not your family. Hug three people and you're dismissed. May God bless you. This has been a broadcast of New Song Christian Fellowship. Thank you for joining us today. If you wish to partner with us and support this ministry, you can give online at newsongcarlsbad.churchcenter.com forward slash giving. Your gift is tax deductible. Please share this broadcast with your friends and neighbors and help us spread the good news of Jesus Christ all across the globe. May the Lord richly bless you.